the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. Normally, when you hear that song, you expect to hear Arthur Idala. But tonight, you are with me, Sam Bellino, his technical engineer and co-host. Welcome to a special edition of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, a special highlight show to commemorate his two years of being on air weeknights at 6 here on AM 970, The Answer. As a member of the show from its inception back in January of 2022, I get asked what my favorite segments of the show are, so I took the liberty of assembling them in this very special tribute show celebrating all Arthur has done for us at AM 970, as well as his clients at Idala, Bertuna, and Cammons, our thousands of listeners, and as our general manager, Jerry Crowley, likes to say, on behalf of all New Yorkers. But don't take my word. Here's our GM, Jerry Crowley. I think that... The reason I asked you to come along, and it only took you five years to say yes. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> is because you bring content to the radio that you ain't going to find elsewhere in the biggest city in the world. Let's rewind to January 10th, 2022, to when Arthur first opened up the mic on his debut show. Evening, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. From PS185, Poly Prep, SUNY Purchase, CUNY Law School, the Brooklyn DA's office, a little law firm, and now AM970, The Answer, at 111 Broadway in the greatest city in the world, in the heart of the greatest city of the world, New York City. I am absolutely prejudiced when it comes to the greatest city of the world. My heart and soul is in New York. I love traveling around the United States of America. I love Italy. It's in my veins, especially Sicily, but I'm a New Yorker through and through. And I am so lucky to be able to sit in this studio, to sit in the famed building here in Lower Manhattan and to be able to talk to you for at least an hour um, every day. We're going to see how this goes. This is the maiden voyage. It's interesting because right before I came on the air, my heart started pounding a little bit right before uh, I give a maybe a closing argument in the courtroom. The difference is here in the studio, I get to like jump up and down and listen to the Rolling Stones, whereas in the courtroom, I have to be a little bit more uh, refined. Uh, I will tell you that this is not going to be a big, heavy legal show. Um, It's not going to be an advertisement for my law firm, that's for sure. Um, It's going to be... Talking about New York stuff, uh, on AM 970, they're blessed to have uh, national hosts. Uh, Joe Piscopo in the morning always lets you know what's going on down in Washington, D.C. and in Congress. Um, I'm going to leave that to people who are better to do it than I am. I am going to focus heavily on Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams and his administration. I think this is a, uh, a crucial point in New York City history. Uh, for many, many reasons that we'll get into when we're all hanging out over this hour, uh, day after day. We're not going to do it all today. I will tell you there's going to be a lot that we can't cover. Uh, even today, there were so many stories and so many things that I wanted to talk about that you know you have to really just narrow it down. But that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, focusing on topics that I think would be relevant to people who are winding down the day but still have a couple of hours left to, to, uh, to do some work. Arthur was a frequent guest on Megyn Kelly's show on Fox News. And when Arthur got his radio show, he returned the favor. So, Megan, you like the my choice of sta- song to begin off? The, like, start me up, the Stones? Is that me? Does that say Arthur? I feel like you're crushing it. You were born to do this. You you love attention. You're you're a one man show. Who me? You're super smart, but you're great in front of people. You're good at score, storytelling. Uh, this is like if the law thing doesn't work out, 
you, you got your next calling. Well, I'm, a, I'm a, as I learned the hard way from my swift exit from Fox News, which we can talk about another time. The law thing will always work, and I will always be a lawyer first. I'm not afraid. Yeah. It's been a ride. It's been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. High-profile people often seek Arthur Idala out for counsel. One of them was former Congressman Anthony Weiner. Anthony, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Thanks, Arthur. Anthony, first time, long time. I'm a big <laughs> yeah. fan of the show. I know, I, I know you've been listening, and uh, and I know you're a true Brooklynite, and. Um, you know, we're obviously we're going to talk about what happened in the past, but let's talk about what's happening right now. You know, I got, I got to tell you this. You know, I've done maybe, I don't know, a thousand radio interviews in my life, in public life, you know, maybe even more than that. Uh, I'm experiencing what, like, people who don't do it experience. I'm nervous. Like, it's been years since I've sat in front of a microphone, and even though you're you're a friend, this is, uh, I got a little bit of anxiety, I got to admit. Well, I, 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 the feeling is mutual, because this is important. I think it's important to the people of the city of New York. Let's face it, you were, looked like you were going to be the mayor of the city of New York, um, and, you know, that things took a drastic turn for the worse, I think, obviously for you, but I think... In retrospect, I think many people would agree for the entire city. You know, when when I was in public life, if you had to kind of describe what a politician's life is, it's very often having opinions, persuading their constituents to believe those opinions, sometimes going out and selling them on radio and TV shows. Um, So I still watch the city very closely and have strongly held beliefs about the city, but I am not a public-facing person anymore. And to be honest with you, for my mental health and for the health of my family and the amends that I owe people, that's probably for the best. I remember I went through three big crazy things. Right. One was the first thing that led me to the, the Twitter thing. One was a, was the election that brought me down, and one was finally the ultimate denouement when I wound up going to, to prison. So at the beginning, when a lot of people were were offering me advice on how to manage what looked like a, a really bad PR situation, yes, the Clintons were were helpful. Even during the, the campaign, the, the Clintons were there. But as with so many things, you know, the things that I did were constantly leaving people that expressed trust in me holding the bag and wondering why they were doing it. Again, it gets back to, you know, the amends that I have to make are so wide to so many people um, because it was I that it was I that gave them increasingly no reason to stand with me. Um, and, 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 that's, and that's the burden. You know, it's, I kind of I refer to it as the blast radius of what I've done and extended even to people like you, people who, like, were, were standing with me and still got you know, got a lot of mess all over them because of the things I did, and and that's and that's why a lot of the time I spend today is trying to make amends. Sam Bellino here again. When I'm not in the driver's seat for the Arthur Idala Power Hour, ensuring everything runs smoothly, I turn it over to Alex Garrett. Well, Sam Bellino, you know you're doing a great job tonight, and I enjoy filling in for you sometimes. And you know, when I'm not giving sports updates. The avid sports lover that I am, I was thrilled to hear that Arthur calls former Giants Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor a personal friend. In fact, as most friends do, they give each other a hard time. Speaking of crazed dogs, uh, a gentleman who uh, I met over a decade ago now, that's, that's unbelievable, who I followed when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s and some some crazy football player who I now consider a true friend, ladies and gentlemen, they, you know, I didn't know this whole goat thing. When I was a kid, a goat was the guy who blew the game. But now the goat is the greatest of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Lawrence Taylor. Hello, Lawrence. Hey, Arthur. How are you? How are you doing today, Lawrence? I'm good. Hey, listen, let me ask you a question. You know that 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 commercial you just was reading about about um. Hey, are they paying you to do that? Because <laughs> you need to give them money back, man. You suck. Oh, come on, Taylor. I think it was just the other way around. Hey, man, you need to get hey, They need to get their money back. Thank you man. very much, Lawrence. I appreciate your love and support. The way I always got your back. All right. All right. And you will agree that basically the Author Idola Power Hour is the greatest radio show you've ever participated in your whole lifetime, correct, Lawrence? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is hand radio or what is it? Lars, <laughs> the one gripe I got with you is I don't get to see you enough, but maybe I'll come visit right, you in buddy. Florida. Thank you, Lawrence. You're you the best it. of the best, man. I'll catch up with Thank you soon. You, 
Lawrence Taylor, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest of all time in the defensive position. Arthur has frequently mentioned his close personal relationship with the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. And in March of 2022, Arthur paid tribute to his friend on what would have been Scalia's 85th birthday. I do want to just talk about how, um, you know, we're talking about how people don't like him. I remember he spoke somewhere where I knew it was going to be a, a rough audience. And when he was done, I said to him, I go, Scalia, I go, they, they loved you. He goes, yeah. I go, they loved you. You won them over. He goes, yeah, now they don't think I have horns underneath my hair. He goes, that's how much they love me. Because he was aware of how people felt about him. And of the many times I went to the Supreme Court of the United States of America, one time I brought my, and I was very cautious about who I brought and when I brought them. Uh, my dad obviously came with me. My Uncle Angelo came with me. But in the very, very, very beginning of my relationship, I was in my mid-20s, I brought my best friend from law school, who's my best friend to this day, Josh. And we went and we watched some arguments. And then we went to into his chambers and again, this was the kind of the initial part of my relationship. I, even though we'd spent time together in Italy, I wasn't as super close with him as I became. Um, and he said, you, you guys want to see the court? And we're like, well, well, sure. Now, normally they call a curator, some young person who comes. And he goes, come on, let's go. And Justice Scalia gave Josh and I a tour of the United States Supreme Court taking us up and down and all around. And then I remember we go to Chief Justice Rank Rehnquist's office and he asked the marshal outside the door, uh, is he in? And I was excited to meet the Chief Justice. And the marshal goes, no, he's not. And Scalia looks at me, he goes, good. And so Scalia walks in and he takes Josh and I into the room, the conference room where all the decisions are voted on and decided in secret by the justices. I mean, it was amazing. There was an eight and a half by 11 pad and then an eight, an eight by 10 pad and then a five by seven pad and a three by five pad all over the United States Supreme Court. Everyone had their little pencil. Their names were on the chairs. The most junior justice is closest to the door. If anyone knocks, they have to open it. So finally, he gives us the whole tour. We say goodbye. And Josh and I, we're passing by a men's room. And we literally went in there arm in arm jumping up and down. You're talking about two guys who just graduated law school. We're both in the DA's office. We just got a personal tour of the United States Supreme Court by Justice Antonin Scalia. We were out of our minds. Arthur has a lot of famous friends, one of them being filmmaker Brett Ratner, who always desired to go to NYU. But... He almost didn't. Let's listen to his story. We have an unbelievable guest, Brett Ratner, who was so excited. He goes, what are you, is this on Sirius XM? What I go, no, it's on 970 AM. He goes, AM, I love AM oh. radio. This is so cool. So Brett was in the middle of telling us how he got on I, to, got into NYU. Yeah, so, so I'm, at the, I'm at the interview with, uh, with the admissions office, and the, the lady looks at my grades and says, young man, you have the worst grades of any student that's ever applied to this school. You need to go to Dade Community College. You're from Miami. Get straight A's for two years, and then maybe we'll consider letting you in. I said, no, you don't understand. She goes, no, you don't understand. She goes, you're not getting in. And they're not supposed to tell you that. Like, if you hurt yourself, they, you know, they usually send you a letter like two weeks later. I walk down the street. I literally think my life's over. I'm wearing like a three-piece corduroy suit with a vest. Nice. And I go to the payphone to call my mom, collect, and I see someone wearing a sweatshirt, an NYU sweatshirt, and I go, excuse me, where's the dean's office? And it kind of, and literally, he is on the eighth floor of that building. I walk up to the building, to the eighth floor, and he has a little old secretary with a little appointment book, and I said, hi, I'm Brett Ratner. I'm here to see the dean. They said, do you have an appointment? By the way, I'm 16 at the time. And they, I, they said, I said, no. They said, okay, three months from now, on the third Thursday of the month, you can see the dean in five for 10 minutes. I said, miss, this is life or death. And she says, hold on, fine, I'll go get him. And I go and sit down, and I literally felt like Charlie Sheen in Wall Street waiting for Gordon Gecko to let right. him into his office. And I'm like, I better make this good. And literally calls me in the office. I said, you, you know, she goes, Dean, there's a student out there that says it's an emergency. Can you see him for five minutes? Yeah, let him in. I go, Dean, my whole life I dreamed of being a director. I said, if you don't, I just I came from the admissions office. The admissions woman wouldn't look at my short film, said that, you know, I should go to another school. 
my dream was to go to NYU Film School. Martin Scorsese went here. I said, if you let me in, I'll still make films, but I'm going to probably be living on my mom's couch for the rest of my life. And she said, get this young man's file on my desk by tomorrow morning. I said, Dean, you're not going to like what's in the file, okay? But I promise you, if you let me into this school, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a big director one day. Three weeks later, I go back. I have one of these pathological positive moms who's like, don't worry about it. Let's wait to see what happens. You know, I get the envelope. I open it. Scariest moment in my life. It says, you've been accepted to NYU. Wow. Give me a round wow. of applause. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Sambola. Bust it out. <laughs> right. Random, it was, folks. Yeah, there you go. There that's you go. how that's he got it. That, that's how he got into NYU. <laughs> but and- it was it was a defining moment because I got a yes after I was told no. And it just gave me the, you know, it's just. The chutzpah. That's yeah, what it gave it, me. The chutzpah to get through this crazy And career. can I tell you something? There was nothing better than going to college in New York City, especially as a filmmaker. Coming up, Arthur takes the show on the road to where else? More highlights from the Arthur Idella Power Hour coming up here on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law has gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at Bay BayRidgeHonda.com. Fourth Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a health care proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Volare, oh, cantare, oh, oh, oh. Sambolino here welcoming you back to this special anniversary edition of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. If it hasn't already been made crystal clear, Arthur Idala hails from Brooklyn, and one of the borough's finest establishments is L&B Spumoni Gardens. Arthur talks to chef Lenny Kern. Lenny, we're at L&B Spumoni Gardens. How old were you the first time you walked in here? I was 14 years old, Artie. And now you're what, 44? No, now I'm 63. Whoa! All right, so we're getting there. We're trying. I'm doing my best. How how did you start off here? What was your first gig? Well, what happened was we were trying to do it. It was me and Uncle Louie. What happened was Uncle Louie and I said, listen, we wanted to put a restaurant in in the end of the by the end of the L and B, and he goes, Lenny goes, there's no way we're going to get it done if we so don't try our best. So the restaurant was already here when you were 14 years. No, it was it was a luncheonette. I mean, the, I mean the pizzeria was here. Pizzeria, the ice cream was here. It was what a year did the pizzeria open? 1939. Okay, 1939. 1939. Okay, so my father and Alan were a year old. Right. Okay, so guys. So then what happened was uh, L&B, everybody thinks the L&B started from the pizza this way. No, L&B started from here. This is the original from the restaurant garden, right here. Okay, so everyone right who's been here knows where the restaurant is, it goes in the other direction. Right, the other okay. direction. And what happened was they made like a luncheonette out of it because uh, Carmine and Louie, Uncle Louie and Uncle Carmine. Those are the two brothers who started. Right, and Uncle Sal, he, he's the one that started the pizzeria. 
And what happened was their mother didn't want them to go. They worked on the docks in the winter because L&B was closed all winter. Okay. So they wanted they wanted wow. their sons to, to work here. She was afraid because Carmine got into a car accident on the highway. He said, that's it. I want my sons over here with me. Okay. And she started, that's when they made the luncheonette. So me and Uncle Louis said. When, what year did this become a restaurant? 1973. And and were you working on it when it was a yes. restaurant? It was just me and Uncle Louie. What we got was we got a bunch of the relatives. And we started, Artie, we built that room and the kitchen with our own hands and by scratch. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Well, and you still don't know what the hell you're doing. No, yet. I do. Oh, you do? Now you do? Oh, now I do. You got a garden behind us. You got a garden right. in front of us. You have, hold on, you got the pizzeria. You got the Spumoni ice cream section. You got the takeout section. You got the restaurant section. And now you got the garden. And imagine this. My kitchen, that small kitchen, cooks for that room, this room, that All right. room. And all the so we got stuff. we got two minutes left. Tell okay. everyone here. So they, let's get let's get rid of the mystery. What are we eating today? Tell Dottie okay. Herman, who's been to the greatest restaurants on the planet Earth. Now you you fed through me Justice Scalia, Justice Alito, Geraldo Rivera, uh, Lawrence Taylor, Tiki Barber. And Mayor showed Giuliani. them all up, by the way. Correct. Them all up. Justice Scalia sat here and said this was the best piece of meat I've ever eaten in my life. What are we eating today? Go, Lenny. Tonight, of course, it's spring. I got spring lamb. I made. Pea soup, spring pea soup for everybody. Stuffed mushrooms. I did the uh, the stuffed artichokes. I made a, a beautiful antipasto, Arthur, like as if the your mom made it. And I went went through with all the guys. We had last night. We're all sitting down, and we're trying to figure out what are we gonna flip out Artie with. What are we gonna show him that we make great? So I told him we always make the best clam sauce in New York. I agree. And I gotta tell you, I wrote the roasted lobsters, the shrimps oregano on top of it. So what I did was I got the lamb, and I said, you know, I'm going to make lamb with broccoli rob, uh, gondolini beans, uh, fresh uh, cooked uh, uh, pepperoni, and peas. Pepperoni, the actual peas, right? Vegetable? No, pepperoni, the uh, the stick, the sausage, right? Okay. So now what we do is this. I don't like slices. This is all kosher, by the way, for Alan. Just so anyway, if anybody's listening, it's all kosher, especially the pork pepperoni. When Alan's at L and B, he's not kosher. There you go. The man that runs the city that never sleeps, Mayor Eric Adams, speaks to Arthur about his outlook for New York City. Hello, Mayor Adams. How are you, sir? Thank you. But you know what? People need to be clear. We are friends, but I don't get a pass from you. <laughs> you, <don't trust> me. <laughs> you, well, you are hard-hitting because you love this city. Your newborn baby and uh, your uh, previous child, your daughter, uh, your son, uh, you, know, you know that this city has to operate like so many of us. And so I appreciate the authentic I, I, friendship and your clear observations. We're, listen, we are rooting for you, man. I mean, the bottom line is you are our leader. <laughs> That's it. The bottom, you know, elections are over. I don't care who people support it. Everyone knows I supported you a long, long time ago throughout the whole thing. But you are our leader. And, yeah, you know, we're, we're just rooting for you. So let me just cut to the chase. You ran. Well, no, before, you, before you do that, because you said something that's important, Arthur. And someone said it to me the other day, and it just made so much sense. They said that, you know, you're the pilot of the plane that's in the air right now. And I can't wish for you to crash because I'm on this damn plane with you. You know, so forget about if what the political belief of the pilot. Forget about what blocks he lives on or what language he speaks. Hey, New York's are, New Yorkers are passengers on this plane that I'm flying. And if I, it crashes, I, everyone on here is going to have to be impacted for this. So I let's could not support agree with you the more. pilot. I'm, listen, and, 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 and I do consider, and I'm going to offend some people, I consider people ignorant when they say to me, why are you so supportive of the mayor? I'm like, because he's our mayor. We want him to succeed. We're true New Yorkers. Why do you want him to fail? It doesn't make any sense to me. Arthur and the mayor get to the bottom of the immigrant crisis hitting New York City. We have point. Zero five landmass, and we have over ninety nine percent of the migrants and asylum seekers. The whole state should be coming to our rescue. It should be, in my opinion, according to the law, it should be done in some sort of a proportional basis. Like if Suffolk County is this huge county, they should have whatever it is, eighteen percent of the migrants, and. They could use it. I mean, my landscaper out in Suffolk County, they can't find people to help. And that's what's very interesting about, about this, author, that while the migrants and asylum seekers are saying, we just want to work, we have a countless number of jobs that are available. We're not only getting uh, Venezuelans. 
we get Haitians, we get uh, Russian speaking, we get West Coast of Africa, we get um, Ecuadorian. So all of them don't fit into this TPS agreement. So that's what we need to be very clear. So we can't start spiking the ball saying that, hey, game over. No, the game has just begun. This is the first inning of the game, and we're hoping to continue to work with the White House. Um, our congressional delegation really got to take our hat off to them because they have been really pushing this to make sure that we start giving this. Now, I'm happy I got 9,500. I can finally get working, but we need to get the entire 60,000, and we got to resolve this issue at the border. Arthur has talked with legal legends over the last two years, including criminal defense attorney Ben Brathman. What advice would you give to kids who are in law school now or about to graduate law school about the world of criminal law, whether it be going into a U.S. attorney's office, a prosecutor's office, or joining Brathman and Associates, you know, today versus, you know, in 1976? I'll tell you something that um, I've often said to young lawyers. First of all, there are no shortcuts. So you really need to do your homework and you need to work your, you know, really, you know, into the wee hours of the morning. And I'll tell you one thing, which uh, it's a war story, but it's the truth. And I'll tell you, I repeat it because it's an important story. I was trying the Windows case in the Eastern District, and that was a hard case. That was in the 80s, there, right? There were 600 hours of tapes, and my client was the single most taped person, and I was cross-examining Peter Savino, who was, you know, a career ruthless murderer, who then decided, and they indicted these guys. It was a RICO case. It was a RICO case, antitrust, Windows bid rigging industry where, you know, so my client was acquitted on an entrapment defense. And I remember arguing to the judge, the U.S. attorney said, excuse me, your guy's an associate in the crime family. His job is committing crimes. What kind of entrapment? I said, excuse me, you could hold up a liquor store every day, but be entrapped into bid rigging or to antitrust. And Judge Neary, to his credit, gave me an entrapment charge and he was acquitted based on entrapment. So I'm cross-examining Savino and it's my third day and a law class comes in. They're like 50, 60 kids and their professors from Brooklyn Law School come in to watch the trial. And after about two hours, they break and, you know, I've got notebooks six inches high and I'm using them. And the guy comes up to me and he says, oh my God, this looks like so much fun. You're in a zone. This is great. And I look at him and I said, what did you do last summer? So he said, excuse me? He said, what did you do? I says, why? He said, just tell me what you did. He says, well, you know, I graduated uh, after my 2L, took our finals, then my buddy and I, we went sailing for a month. Then we went to Hawaii. We did some surfing. I said, why do you ask? He said, you know what I did last summer? June, July, August, September. I prepared this cross in my den when everybody else is at the beach with headphones on, stopping and starting these tapes. This is a really hard cross to prepare. So don't tell me that this looks like fun unless you want to do that. Heard from current New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Now let's revisit Arthur Idala's interview with former Mayor Bill de Blasio. They scrutinize you to the point of how you eat your pizza. That's the damn true statement. <laughs> and like. you, and again, Mr. Mr. de Blasio, I'm, please don't take this the wrong way, I'm always defending you. Right down to the pizza, and I say, you know what? You know who eats pizza with a knife and a fork? People in Italy. Yeah. They don't pick up the pizza with their hands. They eat the pizza like it's a like it's a pie, and they use a knife and a fork, but you got scrutinized because you used a knife and a fork to eat pizza. It's a funny world. But um, what I'd say is, you know, for example, my family, we were all involved together. It was it was like the Brady Bunch, right? It was well, very much a family Some would thing. say, all kidding aside, Dante got you elected. Uh, Dante would say that, too. <laughs> uh, so you know, so I, I think we had a particular experience. There are obviously people in public life who really, really, really separate their families, or their families don't want anything to do with it. And I think it's knowing which one you are, um, understanding just how tough it's going to be. But you know what? L I don't mean to be melodramatic, but I'm very honored, very proud that I got to serve the people of this city. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing experience. My family had an extraordinary experience as well. It was very tough sometimes. And we were prepared, but we weren't prepared. Uh, because exactly what you said. I think it got, things got nastier over time. Things got more personal. But... Uh, I think in the end, the chance to make an impact, the chance to hopefully make people's lives better in some real way, 
it's the, the people you meet, the people you get to work with. Uh, the it, it's extraordinary. This city, I always tell people, don't look at the skyscrapers or the you know the Statue of Liberty. God bless it, but it's the people of the city that make it great. So when you're mayor, you get you know immersed. You get to experience everything great about this place. I wouldn't trade that in for anything in the world. Up next. Why do I play She Drives Me Crazy every time executive producer Joan Pelzer speaks? And how did I get the name Sambolino? All that and more coming up on this special anniversary edition of the Arthur Idella Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. When you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamondback ReadyMix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family-owned concrete supplier, proudly located on Staten Island, providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback ReadyMix Quality is Our Strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring, fully insured in New York and New Jersey, and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from Arthur Idala. Call today and ask for Harry Lynch for personalized service second to none. Call 718-650-5649 for your free estimate. That's 718-650-5649 or go online to Diamondback ReadyMix. That's R-E-D-I-M-I-X.com. Diamondback ReadyMix is the Defazio Industries company. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. It's a new year and time for new resolutions. I'm sure you've already made yours. Going to the gym, spending more time with family, you know how it goes. But is there someone in your life that should really make a resolution for an upgrade to a new career? Why not tell them about court reporting? It's a career with tremendous opportunity and flexibility. They can work in courts. They can work in schools. They can even work from home. They work as much or as little as they want, and their earning potential is fantastic. The National Court Reporters Association says there are 5,000 openings for court reporters and not enough reporters to fill them. The NCRA is offering this free program called A to Z, where participants are introduced to stenography and court reporting, and sessions are being hosted right here in New York City. Plaza College in Forest Hills, Queens, is the only school in the city with a court reporting program. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour anniversary special hosted by yours truly, Sam Bellino, another quintessential New Yorker who you see weekday mornings on Fox 5, Rosanna Scotto, took time from her busy schedule to speak to her friend Arthur Idala. So, Rosanna, but now you started off. You, you were in D.C. for college, and then your first gig was down where? In, in, in Atlanta, in, in Georgia? In Atlanta. I worked at, we called it the, uh, at that time, the Turner School of Broadcasting. Ted Turner, um, you know, had made WTBS, um, uh, which was a local station there, a super station. It was carried on cable and CNN. And he basically hired every kid out of college. It was the most fun experience I could ever have as a first real big job. Before that, I was, you know, doing like production assistant work, uh, working every like graveyard shift for WABC and and, uh, Good Morning America. But, you know, at that time, to start on TV, you had to go out of town and kind of work your way back. Let me ask so you this question, Rosanna. How did Marion and, and, and Anthony Scotto feel about their daughter? I mean, I, you know, you were raised in a pretty traditional way and, and where, you know, uh, women kind of stayed closer to home. And here you are working graveyard shifts, I'm sure. And, you know, the time that we're talking about here, New York was not exactly the safest place to be working and walking around in the middle of the night. Um, and then you're going down to Atlanta. How did your family feel about that? I think they understood what it took to kind of make it in the business. 
it, you know, I listen, I also, as much as I loved Atlanta, I didn't really want to be there. My, I'll never forget, I got hired like in, a, in September or October, and I was there for my first Thanksgiving without my family. <laughs> no oh lasagna? <laughs> no, no oh, Thanksgiving lasagna? I had a really nice boss at the time, and he invited, you know, all the kids that were working there to his house for, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. But I was so depressed. And, you know, being in this business, I learned that, you know, this is what we do. We work nights, we work weekends, we work holidays, we work the graveyard shift. You know, this is what we do. On September 16th, 2022, Arthur welcomed his longtime friend, and media star Geraldo Rivera to the show. And they discussed many aspects of his career, including his defining moment. Let's listen. Willowbrook is its own category, but Willowbrook is my defining moment. Willowbrook is really why I'm still here at the age of 79, still, uh, you know, on a first name basis with New Yorkers particularly, because it affected so many people. And right to today, I, I have people come up to me and say, my uncle was there, my cousin was there, my sibling was there. This is what I'm thinking. That was over 50 years ago. Over 50 years ago. But so, it's still real. I, well, so, but you're almost saying that you, you reached your peak in your 20s. I did. The rest of my life to Willowbrook has been a follow-up. You know, it re- and I feel that way. It was my defining moment in every regard. It was where my feistiness, where my ambition, where my physical courage, where my, uh, you know, vision or ability to listen to experts and form an opinion. Uh, it was where, you know, you mentioned how Ali Frazier. That was around the same time. It was around the same time. But <laughs> 71. remember what, Ali lost a lot of years with that draft. So, so we, it may have already been past his peak. This was my exact physical peak, my mental peak. I was full of piss and vinegar. I was I had a career that was already happening. I was already a star. And I took that and I found out quietly what was the way to treat this population you know in these small community-based residences and went with it and uh, you know it's I'm, i don't exaggerate when i say that my life my professional life peaked then i mean then i went on to be the war correspondent and all the rest of well that. let's roll back why were you already a star what made you a star before you got to willowbrook i was the first rock and roll newsman I was the first. I what was, does that mean? I, I was the first. I had long hair. I was, uh, you know, uh, dope smoker. Uh, I was an ass kicker. I was Anybody who says they show dope, by the way, was a slang term <laughs> many decades ago for marijuana. Right. <laughs> right. Arthur ventured out on the road again, this time in the heart of Times Square, where he spoke with our regular Tuesday guest, Times Square Alliance President Tom Harris. There is no place in the world like the place where we are right now, Tom Harris. No place in the world like Times Square. Times Square is New York's town square. It's the heartbeat of New York City, and it's a great place to be and to be seen. Well, let's go Times Square. Let's go AM 970 The Answer. Tom, I know you and your team put this whole thing together with Joyce and Joan, and I just want to really express my gratitude. And I, I want to thank you and your team because this has been great. This has been great for Times Square. Well, I would, I'm for not, New York not to put you on the spot, but I would love to do this again and get some of the Broadway folks involved because I, I love Broadway. I love these shows. I want to support them any way we can and have all the AM 970 uh, listeners to uh, be able to to listen about how great the shows are. Let's make it happen. As a DJ, I typically pick songs for a large audience, and most times I pick the right song. But I couldn't have been more right when I selected a fitting track for Arthur's executive producer, Joan Pelzer. Fine Young Cannibals, She Drives Me Crazy. 
So this is my my buddy Matt Sambolino. Let me ask you a quick question. Let me put you on the spot. Sure. The, the name of the song. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep giving me a little volume. Is she drives me crazy. Right. Now, are you playing this because you've now spent three weeks with my friend Joan Pelzer over uh, here? Who's I mean, if I, if I could dedicate it to any one person, that it, may be the one. I mean, she <laughs> just so everyone knows, she's the one behind the, the cameras with the Facebook and the Instagram and providing me with a lot of material. So <laughs> thank you, Joan. But it is. Uh, thank you. It was Matt's choice. I said, play something special for Joan. And he decided to play. She drives me crazy. So you guys. Can take it from there. Try not to make it that obvious. Well, it was pretty <laughs> obvious, Samalino. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Mr. Co-host, as you deem yourself, you thought I was going to be part of this, huh, Samalino? Oh, boy. She found her way to get on air. Oh, heck yeah. I do. <laughs> you do. I think we should probably revisit the time where we debuted the new theme song. Oh, my God. The I love Arthur my Idella new theme Power song. Hour. Yeah. And thank you again to Rob Dellinger. What you're about to hear is a... An international premiere right here on AM 970 The Answer. Hit it, Sambolino. Now, her very own. Theme song here. It's a personalized theme song on Who the. Did uh, that? So Rob Dellinger is a uh, he's a performer and he's been asking to come on the show. So to get my attention, he created this little jingle and sent it to me. Rob Dellinger, thank you for that. It was very very. Promo. It was very cute. Super cute. I am proud to be among the few well-known one-named celebrities, Bono. Madonna, Cher. But how did I become officially known as Sambolino? That question gets answered right now. How did I get my name? Well, let's go back in time. Is there like music to go back in time? Like, but he's got the uh, the Star of David around his neck, and I, you know, he, he doesn't really look like a Jewish man. But okay, so I said to him, I go, "You're Jewish." He's like, "Yep." And uh, I said, what's Sam Bolin? <laughs> and now here's here's the part. Ready? He is Matt Sambolino. Sambolino. Sambolino yeah. is his real last name. But somehow or another, it became Sam Bolin. Yes. And you're an Italian Jewish. I'm Puerto Rican Italian Jew. That is a fantastic combination. I like to say I put Goya beans in my matzah during Passover. <laughs> oh, but where does the Italian part come in? It's uh, from Goya beans. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, come on, bro. You gotta, right, I, 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 how about Goya to... beans and your matzo right, during and Easter I, Sunday, I, I, man? I, I, something. I, I pour a little gravy on it, okay? Well, Matt, I, I appreciate you um, doing this uh, this show with me, and, and you're my partner here, and, and I really, you've been doing an outstanding job. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. And now you know. It was two days in, and I'm telling you, you're doing an outstanding job. We had done the show on the 10th and the show on the 11th, and that was the show on the 12th, and I'm throwing bouquets at you. I mean, what did you do? So you deserve I mean, a bouquet I, I for two I, shows? I deserve the accolades. You know, you only have the best of the best here working on your show. So it, it just shows you how the human brain works. If someone put a gun to my head, I would have said I totally made up the last name Sambolino. <laughs> but you're telling me your real last name somewhere along the Sambolin Bloodlines is Sambolino? That is correct. Yes, 100% true. So I just brought it back. You brought it back. It's fine, you know. All right, kind of like when 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 like Coke went back to the when they had the original formula, then there was new Coke, and then we went back to classic Coke. With the 80s skinny tie that you brought back for Rapid Pulse. Yeah, something like that. Coming up, Arthur sits down with the former New York governor Andrew Cuomo, and Arthur reunites his high school band for a live performance as we approach the final segment of this special anniversary edition of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Keep it locked here on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here to talk to you about Bay Ridge Honda, run by the fantastic Sabah family. The Sabah family that I have known since my dad walked in there in 1980 and bought a Honda Accord for my grandfather. My sister's gotten cars there. My brother-in-law has gotten cars there. And you know why? Because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. Bay Ridge Honda 
has New Year's deals. You know, we all make New Year's resolutions. Quit smoking, get more sleep, drink less. How about a New Year's resolution of a new car? At Bay Ridge Honda, they have brand new 2024 Hondas under MSRP, and they're offering lease loyalty bonuses. Finance rates are available. No payments until March of 2024. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. So visit the Sabah family at Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at Bay BayRidgeHonda.com. Fourth Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York are online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Sam Bellino here, and I welcome you back to this special presentation of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, celebrating its two-year anniversary on AM 970 The Answer. Arthur spoke with former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, in which many topics were discussed, including his potential plans to run for president. Did you hear the calls that many of us heard that at that point you should be running for president of the United States in at least the Democratic primary? Yes. And tell me what that was like and was that ever a consideration or was that ever in the the realm of possibilities or was it way too late to start raising a billion dollars that you have to raise to run for president? That was the last thing on my mind and that meant absolutely nothing because I was I was doing the best I could just to get through the day. I was doing the best I could just to get out of the bed the next Were morning. No, I wasn't sleeping because you do the briefings in the morning. I had to get ready for the briefings in the morning, then do my job all day. And then at night is when the data used to start to come in from the day from what happened that day. And the data was everything because for me, I just was dying to see the curve stop or the numbers flatten. So that would be coming in 11 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then you couldn't sleep anyway after you got that so information. Governor Cuomo, I can hear my friends and, and colleagues who listen to this show regularly say, how could you let Andrew Cuomo off the hook? When he says he the last thing on his mind was becoming president of the United States, when so many people have obviously spoken about your father having become president of the United States and you becoming president of the United States, even under those circumstances, we all have egos. And when there's a public cry that this guy should lead the free world, it's hard to say it was the last thing on my mind. Well, first of all, it was moot anyway, right? Okay. Joe Biden was running. Joe Biden, uh, I had a long-term relationship with. I had spoken to Joe Biden about the race early on and who was going to run because it was rumored before Biden got in that I might run. Uh, so Biden was running, and uh, I was not going to challenge Biden. How close a relation did you have with him over the years? Uh, look, in politics, <laughs> you know, they say if you want a it's friend, yeah, in politics they say <laughs> if you want a friend, get a dog. They're yeah, right. You actually have a dog. I got a dog. <laughs> we just heard from former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. And during the last years of his tenure, his top aide was Melissa DeRosa. She recently published a book on her experiences working in Governor Cuomo's administration. In her long-form interview with Arthur, she emphasizes the work ethic of her team, even up until their last days. So, well, I resigned, and then 48 hours later, the governor resigned. And I aligned my resignation date with him. So I was actually there to turn out the lights on the last day with him. And it was 24 hours after that that I decided I was going to write the book. So as a human being, I have to ask you, what was it like to turn out the lights? I, you know, it's funny because people ask me what those last few days were like. And if I hadn't lived it, I'm not sure I would believe it. I mean, the hysteria and the just the lies that came out of that report and the way that the press and the extremist politicians treated the governor who gave himself to the state for 11 years, our staff, these hardworking public servants. It was just so disgusting. And because Andrew Cuomo is who he is, I mean, up until the last day, 
there was an incoming storm, and we were at 633 3rd Avenue doing storm prep and managing an, in- an incoming storm. And we were literally working until the clock struck 12 that night. And it, I, to me, it was about his commitment to the state and the people of New York, my commitment to the state of the people of New York, our entire team, that despite what the press was doing to us, to our families, after all of this time we'd given to public service, that, you know, no one was going anywhere until, until the job was done. Thank you for listening to this special anniversary edition of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. A big congratulations to Arthur for two years on the air at AM 970, The Answer. Be sure to listen to his program every weeknight at 6. A big thank you to General Manager Jerry Crowley for allowing me to host this special presentation. Shoutouts also going to Alex Garrett for helping me prepare this special. And, of course, to Arthur Idala and producer Joan Pelzer. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on the show for the past two Two years, including our weekly contributors. Be sure to listen to all past programs of the Arthur Idala Power Hour on the podcast, which you can find at am970theanswer.com. And every song you heard this evening, along with almost 2,000 other songs featured on the show, can be found on Spotify at the official Arthur Idala Power Hour playlist. My name is Sam Bellino. Before we end the show, Arthur has a band that recently reunited, known as Rapid Pulse. And here's Arthur to give some history of this fantastic group and one of their tracks to end the show, Radio Man, performed live at Iridium in New York City in June of 2023. Thank you for listening. When I was 15, I was asked by Chris Boyle, Kenny Munch, and Chris Glynn, um, who I was in kindergarten with all three of them and was with them throughout elementary school mm-hmm. to be in a band. And at that time, the band was called The Keys, like the keys on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, we we wrote all our own music. It was most of it at that time was totally out of key, but we wrote all the lyrics ourselves. And then we get, we practiced and practiced. So when other kids were out on the street getting in trouble, we were in Boyle's basement. How old were you? 15. Aww. I played CBGBs at 15 years old. You did? Yeah, and when they called, and we were going to change our name, and it was, uh, so we decided, because it was, like, really upbeat and, and catchy, so it was called yeah. Rapid Pulse, like a rapid pulse. Yeah. And the bank, the guy from CBGB goes, okay, are you guys the Rapid Pulse or just Rapid Pulse? And I was, like, on the spot, I was nervous, like, Rapid Pulse. Can you see my station lights? I'm the guy you hear on the radio does my voice keep you warm at night when the heartache fills you with sorrow can you hear my soul it's on the radio don't you know they call me on the radio The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons PC. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.